Welcome back to another episode of You Are Just a Number podcast, a podcast regarding leadership and teamwork on all aspects of life. In this podcast, Sean explains his leadership skills as a PGA golf instructor and leader of the pro shop. First, he wants to know your purpose, limitations, and driving force. Then he tailors his lessons to meet your expectations. He understands every person is different, which is an excellent trait of a good leader. To teach a person, he realizes he needs to adapt to the person more so than the student has to adapt to his style. To learn more, visit our blog site, which is youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters U R just a number.com. All one word. I am Jim Zellum, your host and author of the book, Stepping Stones of Leadership. So enjoy this podcast with Sean. Hello, everyone. Today, our guest is Sean Finley, and he's a PGA professional golf instructor. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate you having me. Okay. So, why don't you give our audience a little background of your, your journey, okay, to becoming a PGA golf instructor? Sure. Um, I started in golf when I was 10 years old. My grandpa, uh, neither of my parents played golf. We grew up, I grew up across from a golf course, but my parents didn't golf. My grandpa, um, he got me into the game. He was an avid golfer and he took me one time when I was 10 years old and I was hooked, needed, hooked, needless to say. So um, after that, it was just something that kind of grew on me by just starting out playing more and then starting to work in the business when I was a teenager. I worked at that golf course that I grew up fr- grew up across from and uh, just kind of took it from playing to a passion and now to a career. So um, started out when I was a kid, worked at the course uh, throughout college, worked at that same course. Uh, and then when I was in college, I actually started through the PGA professional uh, management program, which is basically a certification program that the PGA of America has um, that kind of gets you into the industry or kind of gets you, you know, further along in the industry. Um, it's about a six to eight year process to go through that program. Some can do it faster, but uh, for most, it's probably four to six years and then some it takes a little bit longer. Um, but it's all PGA related instruction, um, curriculum. And, uh, it's, it's kind of like, I, I tell a lot of people, it's like a master's degree program. If you're becoming a, you know, a certified public accountant, it's kind of the same thing. Um, you can put CPA after your name, just like I can put PGA after my name. Um, and that's kind of got me to where I am now. Um, I've worked at a number of facilities from, here in Wisconsin, I've worked out in California a couple of years. I lived in South Carolina for a year. Um, so I've kind of been all over and had a lot of different experiences in the industry, um, but uh, kind of settled in here at the Oaks Golf Course here in Cottage Grove and um, enjoy being here. It's a great facility, um, great owners, love working here. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of my background um, as far as you know my PGA background. Do you have to get certified again and again, or once you get certified, is it good? Uh, once you get certified within the PGA, once you're a PGA member, um, there's more uh, less just continuing education credits is what they are. So um, every three years, there's a cycle where I have to earn so many credits within uh, the PGA, whether that's you know attending seminars and meetings and education, 
um, there's a number of different categories that we have to hit as far as our continuing ed education. And as long as you're doing that, uh, as long as you're employed at a, a, a facility within the industry or a job within the industry, um, you know, that keeps you active. So uh, don't have to go through it again, but there's still a ton that we do or continuously learning, uh, whether it's seminars and um, you know, opportunities within the industry to, 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 to maintain, you know, that we're keeping up with current trends. Well, I'm going to say, you know, the reason, one of the reasons why, you know, I really asked you to be uh, a guest on my podcast is because you taught me and, you know, sure. I want to let the guests know that, you know, I, I've gone through quite a few instructors where I've ever, I've moved and, and like I said, you're the one that took me the, the farthest. Okay. And, 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 I appreciate that. There's a lot more room for improvement. I want you to know that too. But I do, I do like your style. Um, I sure. think you're you're a great teacher. So let's get into that a little bit as you know, so as an instructor, okay, and maybe the PGA taught you this, I don't know. How did you learn your leadership skills, you know, and how does your leadership skills play into teaching others? Yeah, I think you have to, I mean, within instruction or being a, you know, a golf instructor or giving lessons, giving instructor, it's no lesson is the same and no individual that I teach is the same. So I think, you know, you have to continuously adapt to everyone's learning style, um, everyone's ability, everybody's motivation as well. So there's so many different driving factors within a lesson. Not all lessons are the same. Um, for so many reasons. And within that, I think it's important that, you know, me as an instructor to try to, you know, really meet your goals and really try to dive into to why you're taking a lesson. Um, you know, there's so many different reasons in just within that of, you know, why you're reaching out to me uh, to improve your game and what the driving factor is. And, you know, I think obviously, when you talk leadership role, I think you, you know, you have to try to take a bigger picture and you know, understand that, you know, everybody has their driving force behind why they're getting lessons or want to improve. And, you know, it's my, you know, goal and my job to make sure that, you know, I'm tailoring the lesson to, to meet those needs and meet why you're coming to see me. Because again, maybe it's, it's something as simple as X or it's, you know, there's another driving factor on why you want to get a lesson. So, you know, there's, there's a lot and, you know, we'll spend that first lesson to half lesson and really trying to dive into that. I mean, you've known that with the, the lessons that we've done, um, but really just trying to get the background and then we can develop a plan moving forward on, you know, how we can achieve your goals. So there's a lot of different factors. You know, it's not something as simple as, you know, show up and, okay, let's see what's wrong with your swing. It's, you know, why are you here? What are your goals? You know, what are your limitations? What's your purpose? And, and, and really trying to develop a plan to make sure that we, you know, meet all those goals and meet those expectations. You, I'll never forget you from lesson one. You, you, you told me, now this is lesson. He says, now, when you get this master, come back, give me a call, we'll give you lesson two. He says, because I don't really want to do lesson one over again with you. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, Jim, it's a big part of it. I, I think when it comes to instruction and anybody wanting to learn any skill for that matter, not just golf, I mean, it's, it's easy to get that first lesson, you know, it, but it's also the practice and the, the purpose outside of the lesson. So, you know, like you said, when lesson one comes around and we go through and we have you work on some items and, 
give you some drills and give you some things to practice. Now it's up to you to go ahead and take that and do that. So when we get back to lesson two, you know, you've kind of honed in those skills or worked on those topics that we wanted to discuss. So when you get to lesson two, we can really start to say, okay, now where do we progress from there versus, okay, we got to flip the page back to lesson one and do that all over again. But now when you're out practicing, you have a purpose. It's not, oh, I hit balls yesterday. I'm going to get better. It's no, I hit balls yesterday with a purpose. Now I'm going to get better. Excellent. Excellent. So um, do you teach uh, groups too? Yeah, absolutely. We, we do group instruction. I definitely do group instruction here. So is there any difference in your leadership skills when you're, when you're doing a, a group of people than individual people? Yeah, I think the lesson has to be structured different just because now you're taking, like I mentioned, you're taking all those different learning types or personalities into one group. And I mean, any teacher in a group setting, again, whether it's golf or, you know, school or you, you name it, karate, whatever the, the, the activity is. I mean, now you have all these different personalities and different skill levels uh, in some cases where now you have to try to figure out, okay, how can I address, you know, this person with this learning style, with this ability to the next person standing next to them with this learning style and this ability, which could be completely different. So I think you got to take the the role as the instructor and the, you know, quote unquote leader within the group of, okay, how do I set this up? So everybody benefits, you know, while still being able to individually work one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, when we get in group instruction, you know, we'll, we'll cover some, you know, broad topics, but then we'll try to break groups apart so we can spend individual time with individuals within the group. So they get some one-on-one -on -one time, not only to ask questions that they might want to ask in front of the group, but also, okay, we can address, Jim, you do this, this way, and Sean, you do this, this way, you know, okay, I've got to teach two different things here, and now I can do those individually versus trying to cover all that in a group setting where all of a sudden 45 minutes goes pretty quick. Yep. yep. So, and I know you uh, run the pro shop, and you have a good team there. So, uh, yep. can you uh, share any thoughts of how, how you built that team and how, how it runs so efficiently? Yeah, I think our, our golf staff here at the Oaks Golf Course is is fantastic. Uh, I've been fortunate to have a number of great assistants that, you know, that I've had in years and they've moved on to bigger and better positions, which that's all I can ask for than anybody that, you know, works here in that role. But, you know, it's just, it, it's really trying to cultivate the, you know, the, the, the team experience, the the culture here that we're trying to create and, and making it somewhere where people want to work or individuals in the industry want to work. Um, it's taking, you know, a, a ton of things that I've learned from my past mentors. Um, you know, to become a great leader, you probably have learned stuff from great leaders. So, um, you know, the, the things that I've learned throughout my career that I've taken and, you know, I'm thankful to all those that have, you know, I've worked with and worked for, um, you know, and it's just trying to piece my own style and, you know, our own culture here. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to have a, a number of staff that have, you know, hung around for a number of years and, you know, they, they make things easy and it's, you know, I want to, to let them grow by giving them a lot of responsibilities. I mean, as, as, as much as, a, as, you know, in my position as a director of golf where, 
you know, I'm overseeing the golf operation. I still want my assistants, my golf shop staff, our outside staff to feel like they have a say or they feel like they're responsible or can make decisions and, you know, give them, you know, responsibility and control and, and not just me do it all and, and let them follow. I want them to, to get out in front and, and, and feel like they're, you know, decision makers and, you know, part of the team rather than, a, you know, I always try to feel like, you know, if we had a hierarchy, yeah, there's different levels, but at the same time, we're all in the same level because we're all in it together. Um, you know, I try to do a lot by example as well. I'm not afraid to, you know, get in and, you know, get behind the counter and answer the phone and, you know, check our guests in or, you know, help our outside staff by, you know, washing golf cars or, you know, something as simple as going out and picking the range. I mean, you know, we, we try to let our staff know that, you know, your responsibility is, you know, everything that we do. It's not, you know, oh, that's not my job. That's, you know, not how I try to, to manage. It's, you know, everything's everybody's job. So, you know, like I said, we try to get that team effort and, and team responsibility of, you know, we've got one goal, you know, day in and day out. And, you know, to accomplish that, we need everybody on the same page. And, you know, if we can all do it together, you know, rather than, you know, me just directing and me just, you know, going out and saying, okay, do this, do that. How can we do it together and say, you know, rather than it's, you have to do this, it's, we have to do this. And in really trying to show that it's a team effort and it's a, you know, we're all in it together. So just out of curiosity in here, I know when you started off, so can you say anything, how you got your, your staff or team to buy into your culture and philosophy? Uh, I, time, I would say. Um, I think it's also trying to find those right fits, you know, during interview processes uh, of trying to, you know, answer, you know, get, get, get potential employees to answer the right questions and, and, and pay attention to how they answer. And then it's also the, you know, the time and the effort of, you know, showing and leading them, you know, okay, here's, you know, a couple of things I've noticed that you've done, you know, here's some maybe opportunity to do them different moving forward or, okay, let's look back on this situation and say, okay, how did we handle it? And okay, how would we like to handle it moving forward? Or was there a better way to do it forward? Um, you know, and I think that learning process is, is continuous for, you know, any of our staff and, you know, once they get more adaptable to that and they buy into the overall, you know, culture that we create here, you know, I think it's just something that continues to grow. So, you know, like I said, time is, is huge. I mean, it's, it's not something that happens overnight, but if we get the right employees with the right attitude and the right motivation, you know, that, that buy-in and that culture, I think, you know, manifests itself, you know, rather quickly. And, you know, before you know it, I mean, you have that team. I mean, we use that word team and, and that's what we're looking to create is that, you know, once we get everybody bought into that and, you know, like I said, you know, year two is usually better than year one and year three is usually better than year two with the same team. I mean, we all learn everybody's nuances and maybe I excel at this and you excel at that. And how can we capitalize that on, as a team to make sure that, you know, we're, we're growing and we're, you know, using everybody's, you know, areas that they excel and trying to, you know, capitalize on, and on those qualities. So it's just trying to make sure that everybody's growing, but we're, we're, we're leaning on everybody in an equal manner. Okay. 
So I think you pretty much explained maybe uh, the connection between leadership and teamwork. Then I, I mean, um, you lead. Yeah, I think it has to be. I think it has. There has to be the connection. I mean, it it has to be. You know, it has to be an open door. It has to be a two way street. It you know, you know the, the whether you're a leader or a manager or you know anybody with a position of you know authority or you know especially in a work environment, I think it's critical that you really try to, you know, lead those other employees that you're responsible for or that are part of your organization. And again, it's, you know, in a perfect world, yeah, we need structure and we need, like I said, that kind of hierarchy of, you know, employees, so to speak. But at the same time, I mean, I'm a believer, like I said earlier, that if we, you know, all could be on the same level, whether I'm a, you know, whatever you want to call it, a you know, a top level management employee, or I'm a, you know, behind the counter employee. I mean, we're all on the same level because we all have responsibilities and we all have an effect on the business. I mean, I've always told all of our employees here that, you know, some of our frontline workers, quote unquote, um, you know, our starter who's outside, who often greets employees, our staff behind the counter, um, a lot of times they have way more of an effect on somebody's experience than I do, because if I am, you know, handling, you know, some of my overall responsibilities where I'm not seeing, you know, many of our guests or I'm not answering the phone. I mean, the way that that employee who, you know, might be a part-time employee for the summer, you know, they have a huge effect on whether that guest has an enjoyable experience and now they have an effect on whether that guest comes back, whether they come inside again to have dinner or come in and buy items out of our golf shop or they, come back for a second time or come back later in the summer because you know they had got such a great experience with all of our employees versus you know oh you know i know sean that works at the oaks golf course i'll go there but you know all of his employees i mean aren't that great which you know we hope is not the case and that's something that we pride ourselves on by you know having that open communication between all staff so here's a question for you um people love stories Okay, I mean, it could, sure. you know, um, so it, it could be in leadership or something in the golf. You have any great stories that maybe you can share with our listeners? I would, I mean, I guess, you know, as far as the leadership within the industry, I mean, my goal, you know, I feel like when I, to, you know, if I'm a good leader, I always say I can pass on responsibilities and I can feel like, you know, I'm, I don't want to say not needed, but to a point where I feel like my staff can handle, you know, a good example is, you know, I've, I've gone to other facilities, you know, for example, if we, you know, on a, on a day, if we have a golf event, you know, in the past, I've had some really good staff members um, to the point where, um, you know, one of my roles is um, managing those golf events from the organization to the setup, to the booking, to, you know, working with event coordinators and, you know, over the last couple of years, I've gotten a couple of great staff members where, um, you know, I've actually day of events um, when, when they actually have the event with us, um, I might be here for a short time. And then I've actually had other commitments that I was able to go to uh, away from the golf course where I felt comfortable leaving this golf course with a, a, a golf event that basically, you know, I helped execute but our staff took over the, the, the day of operation. 
And I felt like if I could leave that day and know that everything's running smoothly and I don't have to worry about anything, I think that as a leader, if you have that team underneath you where, you know, you can get to a point of my team, my team's got it. You know, I don't have to worry about what's going on. Or I felt like I could say yes to that other commitment versus saying, nope, I can't do that other commitment because we have X, Y, and Z going on at the Oaks and I have to be there for it because I don't trust anybody else on our team to, to handle that operation. Whereas, you know, like I said, I've been fortunate over the last couple of years to, to get to a position because of the team and the, the individuals that we have working here. You know, I'm, other, I'm able to take on other commitments outside of the golf course or on a bigger, bigger scale picture from us, you know, uh, that's outside of the golf course where, you know, without proper staff and without, you know, the, the individuals below me, without them being qualified and me trusting them in, you know, it'd be tough for me to do. So, I, you know, I think that's one area, one thing, you know, within the industry that I've been fortunate enough with over the last couple of years, you know, I think that's a goal, you know, in anybody's industry. I mean, your, your team is so important and, you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. I mean, um, you know, so it's, it, it's good to have those individuals that really, you know, can step up when you're not here. And I think, you know, that's been over the last couple of years. I mean, that's been something exciting for me. Excellent. So has the virtual world with COVID affected your position? I know you deal a lot with people on, but I mean, behind the scenes, I mean, you deal with vendors and everything like that. So, you know, has the virtual world affected your leadership style and building your teams or anything like that? Um, I think going, obviously going, you know, obviously where we are, you know, today with, you know, COVID and, um, you know, obviously the, the, the word virtual being so much more, you know, prominent than it was, you know, a year to two years ago. Um, you know, I think you just have to adapt, um, you know, in my position, uh, you know, this past year, obviously, while everything, you know, was kind of taken off and, you know, COVID was, you know, definitely becoming more and more of a concern. Obviously we made tons of adjustments here on the golf course at the golf course. Um, but, you know, virtually, I think this, you know, this off season has definitely been a little bit different for me. Um, just from a virtual standpoint, I've done way more within, you know, Zoom meetings and phone calls, especially with, you know, because we do so many charity events and fundraising events and corporate events here at the Oaks. Um, I've had so many more of those meetings online versus in person or over the phone versus in person. Um, you know, it just, it, it, it forces you to adapt, but I think it's also kind of opened up, you know, different ways to do things that we've done in the past where, you know, I, I did three, you know, meetings with event coordinators the other day and, you know, we did a bang, 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 back to back to back and nobody had to go anywhere. Nobody had to travel. And, you know, we all did it, you know, it was, it, it was the same as we would do if they were here. Obviously I enjoy the face-to-face -face interaction, but you know, you, you, you have to try to adapt and also to adapt to everybody's needs and, you know, what they're comfortable with. So, you know, it's been, it's been challenging to say the least, but I think, you know, we've, we've really tried to make sure that we've adapted to, to fit everybody's needs and, you know, to, okay, how can we better manage our facility and better manage our business? Um, you know, outside of the virtual world, I mean, like I said, we've done so many different things here as a, you know, 
in the pandemic within itself in the golf industry is, you know, golf is, you know, the number of players playing golf and getting out and playing golf is, you know, at all time highs because it is something you can do, you know, socially distanced and safe. And there's so many precautions that facilities take that it's really taken off. So we've, you know, we've had to look at a number of different things and, you know, the, the virtual world is meeting with sales reps were before, um, you know, we, we do those meetings face to face and now it's, you know, same thing over the phone or through, you know, online meetings, it's, it's the same thing. So it's a matter of just trying to adapt and change and, and, and make do and, and, and go from there. So, okay. So, um, so what does your future look like, Sean? Um, I, I am thrilled to be able to have the position I have at the facility I, I work at. I, I thoroughly enjoy my position. Um, I, the Oaks golf course, our owners, um, are incredible. Um, honestly, you know, there's, there's no other place I'd rather be, um, you know, what my future holds. I, I mean, if you ask me today, I, I mean, I hope I'm at the Oaks golf course for a long time. I mean, I, I, I hope I can continue to grow and continue to, to lead this facility. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that, you know, my plans are to hopefully, you know, stay where I am. And, you know, I, I love, this facility, um, you know, my, my family loves this area. We have, I have a couple small kids that, you know, I'd love to have grow up in this area. And, you know, I'm fortunate to be able to work at this facility. So, you know, hopefully I can continue to grow, continue to lead, continue to be at the Oaks Golf Course. Um, you know, I'm always trying to get better and trying to improve as a, you know, as a, a PGA professional. And, you know, we'll continue to hopefully within this market, I mean, hopefully golf continues to, to, to move in a positive direction. And, you know, I can continue to, to do what I do here at the Oaks. And, you know, I, I'd be okay with all that if, you know, all of that, you know, played itself out over the next, uh, the next few years. Well, I got, uh, for closing, okay. I guess I'm yep. going to ask you for, to give advice on two things. Okay. Sure. One is first, we'll get the first one out. Do you have any advice for the listeners regarding leadership and teamwork? You know, I think, I think those words have to go together. I think, you know, to be a good leader, you have to be a good team player. I think you have to, you know, try to account for everybody's needs and try to account for, you know, the team and, and how do we get the most out of everybody? Um, you know, and how do we get everybody to buy into, you know, what, the goal is for the organization or for, you know, the company or, you know, whatever the, the, the team is focused in on. And, you know, as a leader, it's trying to get that out of everybody and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, what the best way to maximize everybody's potential. I think that's where you have to really try to, as a leader, you have to try to, to figure out, okay, what's everybody's driving force and what's everybody's, you know, positive and, positive characteristics and skills and, um, you know, what their motivation is and really try to, to drive that to get to the common goal of, you know, whatever it is the, the organization company is trying to accomplish. Okay, final question here. So you started off when you were 10 years old, because I think it was your grandfather yep. that took you out golfing. Yep. So you had this inner drive, you have this passion for golf, right? 
-hmm. So what do you tell little kids or people about that passion? How do you, how, you know, what do you do with that passion? Any advice for them? Yeah, well, I say, I say find it, you know, so, you know, especially for, and I, to be honest, if it, anybody at any age, I mean, you know, try to find that one thing that you love doing or, you know, that excites you or, you know, sparks your fire a little bit different than anything else out there does. And, you know, once you find it, I mean, really try to, you know, you know, really pour your heart and soul into it. I mean, again, I, I was fortunate to get exposed to something that just kind of clicked, clicked for me. Like I said, my grandpa took me one time and I mean, I never turned back, um, you know, but, but at the same time for those younger individuals, I mean, don't be afraid to try new things. I mean, you know, I mean, like I said, I never touched a golf club until I was 10 years old. And again, that's still pretty young, but you know, if it wasn't for my grandpa, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I ever would have, but you know, it was, it was something that we gave, I gave a chance to and was open-minded about it. And I was awful for a while, but I really enjoyed it. And, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it, it went from my grandpa just taking me on a whim one time, me and my older brother, just one time to all of a sudden, and, you know, here I am, um, you know, so I think it's just being open-minded about you know, trying to find the, the thing that motivates you or the, you know, the, you know, the, the one thing out there that you can enjoy doing and, and, you know, trying to make it into a career and, and, and trying to make it into something that, you know, I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work, um, you know, type thing. I've always believed that, that, you know, you know, I view this as I get to come to work versus I have to go to work today. And, and I think if you can say that, that's a, it's a big bonus and you know, your everyday life and obviously it can spill over into everything else. But if you truly enjoy what you do, I mean, it's never too late either. I mean, I've been in this business for a long time now and I've seen people get into this business late and, you know, succeed to the nth degree. So, you know, no matter the career path, I'm, you know, it's never too late to, to really try to, you know, find something that you're truly passionate about and, you know, go after it because I mean, I think, like you said, it's it's one of those things that you'll you'll never regret for sure. Well, Sean, I want to thank you very much for taking time out and uh, uh, talking to us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Sean Finley. Every time I have a guest on the podcast, I learn something new. I like Sean's philosophy of leading the pro shop. He is willing to jump in and help wherever it is needed. He believes to be a good leader that you have to be a good team player. That's excellent advice. He has that pro shop running so smoothly it runs through the philosophy of the organization in his absence. Kudos, Sean. You know, people learn a lot from the experiences of others. So if you have something you would like to share, please contact me at youarejustanumber.com. That's the letters youarejustanumber.com. All one word. Until next time, have a great day.